0: I'm former Congressman Gary Franks and I'm his son, Gary, I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture from very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How are you Gary junior? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. So it's been a very eventful week or so in the, in an NBA. You have uh, all those trades. You got the All Star teams being selected by the captains, and you have uh, the cream actually just rising to the top. Gary and the teams that never were that good are just sinking, as they should, as they you know, as we more or less have predicted. Uh, so, uh, Gary, where would you like to start today?
1: I would like to start with. Uh, the trade itself i think the trades explain some of the standings that's going on right now because players are going in and out i uh, means that mm-hmm. some teams are shorthanded so i like to start with the trades first and i guess we'll start with the biggest trade of all of them which was the ben simmons uh for james harden swap basically you know per se you know there's other people in the trade that mm-hmm. you know those are the two main guys um what do you think about the trade overall
0: well, I thought I was going to get through the year without talking about Ben Simmons. You know, I really did. So <laughs> he's not a—he's not one of my favorites. Um, and really, even when he was at LSU, Gary, I said this guy just doesn't have a heart. I mean, he has all this talent, have... and now, you know, obviously what we saw last year when he wouldn't take a shot and missed every, nearly every free throw that he took. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of dismissed the guy. And then when he didn't want to play, well, anyhow. And I do, uh, I do say those remarks while also saying, Gary, that he he may be, you know, suffering from some some uh, emotional problems or situations that he's dealing with. And I pray, if that is the case, that God would be a little kind on of me as far as my my remarks, and I, I take some of those, some of those back. If those if he is somewhat ill, because uh, you can't help that, you need need help. And obviously, I think he's getting some treatment. Uh, at least that's what I've heard. I'm not sure if he's accepting it, but I know they've been offering it to him. But you know, I thought I was going to go through the whole year without mentioning him, Gary, and now he is now with the Brooklyn Nets. And another guy who I thought I was going to get through most of the year without talking about too much is part-time player Kyrie Irving. And and now they're in the forefront because the Brooklyn Nets do have a different team. And the reason why well, some have said the move occurred is because James Harden really wasn't too happy with the part-time Kyrie Irving situation. And and we know how Harden does. Uh, you know, he can, sometimes he turns on the faucet and sometimes he turns the faucet off. So he, it's on and off. And if he doesn't want to play, guess what? It shows. And so the Nets did what they needed to do there as far as training him. Um, and as far as the, the, the 76ers are concerned, Gary, I, th- I think that uh, it's got to bode well for them. Now, if Simmons c- comes back and actually does play, uh, because um you know obviously he hasn't played all year um it's going to um uh, you know, help the the Brooklyn Nets I, I believe because he does have talent there's no question about that it's when he's been one of the top defensive players in the NBA for for a number of years um, he is 6'10 and you can't you know you can't dismiss the fact that he's 6'10 you can't you can't teach someone on t- 6'10 he is he's a big guy um and he has great basketball sense, but you know he has to get his hopefully he's had his butt in the gym and have started taking about a couple of thousand shots a day so he can actually make some baskets and be confident enough to take some shots so I don't know I think the jury's out as far as Simmons and how how he's going to uh, be able to help the team this year, but next year. If he has a whole year in training camp and actually uh, starts to gel with the players, because obviously he wasn't Mr. Personality either with the, with the 76ers, um, then who knows? It could be a, a great situation, a great trade for the Brooklyn Nets. But as far as I'm concerned, short term, I, I really believe that it's going to uh, uh, push the, uh, the Sixers forward. I, I do regret that they made some other trades, and as part of that trade, that being the the loss of and Andrew Drummond, Drum, who I've always talked about, not just because he played for UConn, but I've always liked Andre Drummond because he he knows how to rebound and he knows his role. And Seth Curry, he is not, he's definitely not uh, Wardell, uh, but he is a good shooter and they, they've lost him as well. So I think those are two losses for the, uh, for the 76ers, but I think overall, the 76ers are going to be a stronger team for this year, whether or not, the Nets would be a stronger team for next year. I think they will be if Ben Simmons does everything that he's supposed to do, and you know, between now and in the beginning of next next season. I don't think the Nets are going to benefit all that much from from uh, Ben Simmons this year. And even if they do, if they have part time Kyrie, they're, they're, they're still going to have struggles. And obviously, they're waiting for the the return of Kevin Durant. Upon his return, that that changes, you know, that changes the whole picture. But you know, you're looking at a team that's lost 11 games in a row. I don't think any NBA team has gone on to win the, the championship after having such a dismal period of time. And, and so and that's with Kyrie and the part-time, more or less, not part-time, but half-hearted uh, James Harden on the team, but also without Kevin Durant. So, Gary, that's my feelings about it short-term. I think the 76ers are going to do better. I think that they're hungry. I think he'd be once a, once a title. I think that obviously James Harden wants one and everyone else on the 76ers who have not had a title. In the case of Durant, not quite as hungry. And in the case of Kyrie, no, not quite as hungry. And I think that that's going to um, you know, show. I think it's going to show. So Gary, that's my feelings about it. Um, what do you think? What do you think about the trade? It was a blockbuster. I mean, it was uh, it was the highlight of the of the trade season. In fact, I think they interrupted a sports show on ESPN just to do a segment on it. So <laughs> uh,
1: so I actually kind of agree with you, but mostly disagree with everything that you uh, stated oh, uh, okay. previously. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. First off, um, from the shorthand term, it does help the Sixers short term. How, but obviously they lose this trade long term, which most of the time happens to Daryl Morey trades, i.e. Chris Paul, Uh, giving Russell Westbrook the big contract that's so big Mm. the Lakers can't trade him, Uh, (laughs) you know, going over to Philly and and trying to get James Harden the first time, but the Rockets wouldn't trade him to Philly because Daryl Morey said he was going to quote unquote retire. And then the next day he got a job for the Sixers. So, Mm. you know, so obviously, you know, this is what Daryl Morey does. He wants to find superstar players. The problem is he finds the wrong ones. Uh, But, you know, the, the, uh, the Sixers are going to win short term basically until the end of this year. They have one more year, in my opinion, to win a championship because James Harden will probably quit on the Sixers if they don't win it this year. But <laughs> we'll just say that he doesn't. And, you know, he he's already opted into his contract, which is something that he said he wouldn't do when he was playing for the Brooklyn Nets. He said he can't wait to touch free agency. Now he just opted in. So, obviously, he was lying to us. But – um. You know, the the biggest issue for the Sixers long term would be if James Harden wants that supermass contract and he won't be worth it at 37 years old. So the Sixers are going to lose this trade, obviously, long term. Uh, but short term, I think the Sixers are going to win it just because of the simple fact of the New York City mandate uh, um, for Kobe, which will keep Kyrie out. If that wasn't the case, the Brooklyn Nets will win this trade. It wouldn't even be close because Kevin Durant will be back. At the end of the All Star break, Ben Simmons will, you know, come back. In, in my opinion, once he gets, you know, used to, uh, you know, being around his teammates, he's already kind of there now, on a road trip with them. And Kyrie oh, yeah. Irving, mm-hmm. yeah, and Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving is, you know, doing what Kyrie Irving does, which we don't know what he's doing. But but adding Seth Curry to the team is a big is a big addition, uh, to the team, especially if Joe Harris is not playing. And this also shows something as, as well. It also shows how bad of a coach Steve Nash is. The fact that you can't win a game in 11 tries, basically you haven't won a game in a month. You can't win a game without uh, Kevin Durant or, or James Harden or just Kyrie Irving, and you can't win one game, that's a problem. And and hopefully that won't that won't show down the stretch, but that's something that the Brooklyn Nets need to look at. Um, adding Andre Drummond is good for really only against Joel Embiid because he's Slow and can't guard pick and rolls, and he's kind of a, a waste of time. But the two first round picks that they got are good assets for them to use later down the line. But the reason why I strongly disagree with a lot of what you're saying before is that the Sixers are not—you know—they are "quote unquote" hungry, but they're really not. You know, Joel Embiid. We don't know if he's going to stay healthy the whole season. He hasn't had a full—he hasn't played more than sixty games in any season he's ever played in. And James Harden, he says he's hungry, but all we see is him gaining more weight on the court. So I don't know what he's really hungry for. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, on the other hand, Kevin Kevin Durant is still very hungry for a championship because he wants to be able to show that he is actually a better player than LeBron James is. And to do that in this media, you know that we have today, he has to win more championships. So he's well aware that he you know, needs to win, and he is hungry to win another championship. Now, Kyrie Irving, you know, he says he is, but, you know, we don't really see it. But I think also Ben Simmons is hungry now because for the first time probably in his life, you know, no one wanted him. And now for the first time, someone really wants him, And he, you know, and I think he's actually really hungry to show people what he actually can do on the basketball court. And, you know, I said it before that I thought this trade was going to happen, and I think Ben Simmons is a great fit for the Brooklyn Nets because he doesn't have to shoot because they don't want Ben Simmons to shoot, which is perfect. And for the Sixers, James Harden kind of helps their team. It's not a perfect fit because James Harden likes pick-and-roll centers. mostly your centers that roll, not centers that like the pick-and-pop, which is something he has to get used to. And also he also has to get used to the play on the team, even though he's the point guard or shooting guard, whatever position he's going to play on the team, that he will have to pass the ball to L&B. The offense has to go through him first. That's why L&B puts up, you know, these – Crazy numbers because the ball goes through him and only him at all times. So, you know, I would like to see on where this goes. I really want to see on the vaccine mandate and um, in New York City, so we can finally see the Brooklyn Nets fully healthy against a Philadelphia seventy-sixer team. Uh, you know, maybe in the postseason because I think Phil- I think Philadelphia would lose that series pretty badly because they do not match up well with with the Brooklyn Nets at all. But mm-hmm. if it's just, if it's just Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant right now, then the Sixers win
0: the trade. Okay. I want to pick up on a couple of things you said, Gary. I think that Harden and Embiid will work well because when Harden was with Capella, he made Capella a better player. And let me tell you, Embiid, Capella is no Embiid and Embiid is 10 times better than Capella. So I think it's going to work out extremely well because he, he really made Capella a better player. Now he's doing very well with the Hawks, so I, so I think that's going to be a plus.
1: Can I, I jump in you on you that real go. quick.
0: Yeah, go ahead. The um, other point. Go, go ahead. Clint
1: Capella is a pick and pop guy. He's a guy that only catches lobs. He's not mm-hmm. used to a guy you know that gets the ball in the post and scores. Dwight Howard is another pick and pop guy. Guys that just mm-hmm. lob you know that runs to the basket. Nick Claxton's another guy. Joel Embiid is the first guy James is going to play with that he doesn't just want to catch the oops. He doesn't yeah, actually fine. want to catch Elliott. He wants to get the ball in the post and score down low, which is different for James Harden because it clogs the paint.
0: Yeah, good point. But he but he also has that option, though, now. When James Harden drives down the middle, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's really <laughs> – because with Embiid, he could kick it out to the corner and Embiid will take a three-pointer. He, you know, so the flexibility of Embiid, the point that I'm making is Embiid is so good. And he, he – he has he could do everything the Capella could could do and, and 10 times more. And so it's gonna help, I think, James Harden. And on Kyrie point, I agree with you. I, I, I wish and I hope you know hopefully it'll be soon. Hopefully it'll be soon when um you know this COVID passport or whatever you want to call it will be will be lifted so that we can see Kyrie play every every single game. And I agree with you. I think that if Kyrie plays every game, they are, you know, obviously it changes the dynamics of everything. Where I disagree with you is on Ben Simmons. I really, I, I just don't see it. I am. So maybe, maybe he's hungry. I've never seen the man hungry. And so, um, but I agree that you made the prediction. You've said that he this would be the trade. And I commend you for that. You got that, you know, right on target. I didn't think so, you got it right on target. And I also think that a point guard who can't shoot free throws, it's just a major liability. So um, we'll see what happens. We have much more to talk about. You know, just to add to
1: your point about Ben Simmons, yes, we know Ben Simmons uh, can't make free throws. However, if Kyrie's playing, Ben Simmons may not be the point guard. Ben Simmons may only be the uh the guy to get the rebound and run in transition. He may just be in the dunker spot doing more of what Draymond Green does for the Golden State Warriors. Okay. So, okay. so I don't awesome. think he would have to be the point guard. Um, mm-hmm. the only trade that I you know that really interests me uh was the you know, and no one's talking about this trade, but it's gonna help them a lot is Serge mm-hmm. Ibaka going to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to help them okay. a that lot is. to add I like Serge that. Ibaka to their team because now they can go small ball. Mm-hmm. Because before, all they had was just Brooke Lopez, and Brooke Lopez is not a great defender because he's slow-footed. But Serge mm-hmm. Ibaka can actually help them, and he can play the five, and he can shoot from the outside as well. And I think that's, a, that's something that people aren't mentioning, the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks, they're a really big team. And yeah. big teams win in the postseason because they're allowed to be more physical and the game slows down. So rebounding is more important. And when you have a bunch of shot blockers and guys who can hit threes that are about seven feet tall, that's going to help you tremendously. Yeah, I so, agree. But,
0: I, I I agree, Gary. I think that's going to yeah. be a plus. The Prasinskas one, I don't think it makes much difference. I'm happy for him. He got, he got away from uh, Daszak, but, but Luka. But, uh, you know, the Wizards are going to be the Wizards. But I really think that, uh, you know, the, the trade of – of Karis Lavert from the Pacers averaging about 1890 points a game over to uh, the Cavs, and they only had to give up Marco Rubio for it. I mean, that's to me, that's a tremendous, tremendous plus for the Cavs, and the Cavs are doing well already. Gary, so that was the trade that interests me the most
1: of, about the Indiana Pacers. We can talk about this trade just for a second. I think Karis Lavert will add a lot to the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Especially coming off their bench, they need as many scores as you possibly can. He, he is a professional scorer. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, uh, averaging 18, 19 points a game for the Pacers isn't that impressive to me because somebody has to put the ball in the basket, especially <laughs> when your team is terrible. But uh, he'll help their team a lot. And, uh, you know, the guy that they traded for, Mr. Rubio, it won't help them at all because he's out for the season. So, you know, they basically just took his salary just to basically dump it. But the real trade that got everybody upset a few days earlier was the Sabonis uh, a trade when he was sent to Sacramento for Tyler Mahaliburton, Halliburton. And I didn't understand why, you know, people were were so upset with the Kings. You know, I get it that, you know, this guy, you know, that he's under 21 years old, and averaging 15, around 15, 8, and, and eight, you know, some of that nature. But, you know, Sabonis is an all-star. And Savonis yep. is going to be able to help the Sacramento Kings right now, and the Kings just want to get into play in tournament because they haven't been anywhere near the playoff since I was probably in sixth grade. So they, have, so they have yeah. to find a way to make the, you know, to make that uh to make that run. And I think that was the right trade for them. Um, you know, there's another trade that caught my eye
0: too, uh, Gary. On that, on that one, did, did also yeah. did the did the Kings give up? Um... Buddy, Buddy Hill, Hill. they yes. think about Buddy Hill. It's one that, the yes. one that the Lakers were trying to get all these, all these years or months. And Tristan Thompson, your favorite, one of your favorites, uh, they gave him up as well.
1: Well, <laughs> Tristan Jordan
0: Kardashian with a, <laughs> a Tristan Kardashian <laughs> with a salary
1: dump. They oh, the salary just got him okay. just because. Yeah,
0: I forgot he was in the league. But anyhow, still in the league, I should say. Yeah, it's interesting, Garrett. So they then the traded traded uh, Sabonis jeremy lamb as well and justin Holliday. yes wow wow yes interesting, interesting. Yeah. another it, connecticut guy jeremy lamb but, but um okay that's an inter- that is an interesting trade um i was gonna point there's a couple of other ones that you know the, the players were marquee players at one time or at least you, you we talked about them before uh that being knox going to uh to the hawks for reddish but you know who cares and then, uh, I mean, they care. Their families care. I'm sure. Glad so before they say it like that. How about the Pelicans with that move? Oh yeah. Okay. How about the uh, the Pelicans with with the uh, landing of uh, McCollum? That was a
1: great move as well for the Pelicans. Uh, again, if you know, we don't think Zion will hit the floor this year, but the Pelicans are trying to make the playing game. And if the Lakers mm-hmm. keep losing, the Lakers won't be in the playing game. The Pelicans may be. So that would be. Uh, you know, I'm glad the Pelicans are trying to go for it. And CJ McCullum, I think he would stay in New Orleans. I, the bigger mm-hmm. question is
0: what is Dame Lillard gonna do now? Mm. Yeah, he does have to move. He does have to move. I, I like that trade, Gary, because I like I, I, I like CJ uh and I, I hope, you know, you're right. Will Zion come back this year? I don't know. But but if you know it is gonna give them an opportunity, it will give the Pelicans an opportunity. They are right now in the 11th spot right now. But they're not that far from the Lakers at this point. You know, they're a couple of games away from the ninth spot. And so, uh, you know, it gives them a chance. The Trailblazers were actually a little bit higher than the than the Pelicans. But we all know the Pel- in the current state, the the Trailblazers were not going anywhere. And it would have been just a matter of uh, not being able to get a lotto pick. Right now, at least they seem like they may be in co- competition for a lotto pick. But, yeah, so I, I like that trade. I like that trade as well. Any other one you want to mention, Gary? Any other of uh, the trades? There are so many, you know, trades that, that just took that took place during that time. But as I said before, a lot of the players were are not marquee players, but um, yeah, you know, worth 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 mentioning How about the Celtics moving uh, PJ Dozier. Oh, that's um, not a ball. That's, uh, that's, um, that's not That's not a big right. move. Let's leave think, that one out. I, think, I wish I, think I didn't move mention when they, it. Never mind. I think the
1: move <laughs> when they got de- uh, Derek White was a no. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the, that's yeah, right. Okay. But Derek White. I think was a good move. Derek White is a is a good player, and he's a team player, obviously because he's from the Spurs-type organization. But he's one of those guys that's not really athletic at all. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's just a fundamentally sound basketball player, and that's the type of guy that Celtics need right now. They need yeah. more guys that can move the ball so Tatum and Brown don't play one-on-five, which yeah. is something yeah, that they're having a major problem with.
0: You're absolutely right. In fact, they, they just uh, beat the Hawks. The other day, and and they they have won eight in a row at this point, and they've they've won nine out of ten at one point, uh, of, you know, in the last week or so, and they have made a big move. Celtics are now in that seventh spot and climbing. So as I we were talking about the cream running rising to the top, uh, I would say they are the hottest team in basketball, that being the Celtics. But you know. There's a team called the uh, Phoenix Suns that are around. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well later. Back, <laughs> Well,
1: let's also mention this as
0: well. You know, and I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, dump on what the Celtics
1: or the Phoenix Suns are doing, but we're really close to the all-star break. And this is, quote, unquote, the, you know, the, the boring part of the season per se. So a lot of these teams, are, you know, are just waiting for the all-star break. And mm-hmm. the teams that, you know, that are young or have something to prove, like the Suns, uh, and the Celtics uh, that you mentioned, and the Sixers, they're really trying hard, trying to you know show that they're a you know legit team. While some of these other teams, they're just waiting you know for the off star break to come by. So it's not that surprising that you know there's certain teams on on big winning streaks and certain teams that are on big losing streaks. Hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that leads us into the standings right now. We could talk about that you know, briefly and. Maybe get in. Maybe still have time to talk about the rosters of the Durant team and the LeBron team for their for their All Star game. Well, the Heat, Gary, are leading the East, and they've been either in first, second, or third place throughout the entire season. Thirty seven and twenty, and they've won five games in a row. Um, the Bulls, who I really love, they're thirty-six and twenty-one, and they're, they've won three games in a row. They're six and four in the last ten games. We talked about the Cavs already. They're, they're, they're seven and three. They're playing this solid basketball, and LeVert's going to help them. So I, I, I just hope that uh, they can stay in that top tier, in that top group of, of the top four teams. Uh, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. The Bucks are playing like the Bucks. They're defending champions. They're thirty-five and twenty-two as well, and then the Sixers are making their climb. The Sixers are seven and three in the last 10, 10 games at 34 and 22. And then I don't know how they're doing it. The number eight, six team in the East would not, not the Sixers. I know how the Sixers are doing it. I don't know how the Raptors are doing it. They have come back uh, getting back to cream come, rising to the top. I don't even know how they're doing it. Maybe I'm to make a comment about the Raptors, but uh, yeah, they are, they've won eight out of their last 10 games at so 31 and 24 and they're in the sixth spot. That's the highest spot they've been in all year. And then the Celtics, as I talked about before, they won nine out of their last ten. And then the Nets going in the opposite direction. They've lost 11 in a row, uh, which is, um, you know, pretty historic considering you got Hall of Famers on that team. And then you have the Hornets. They're 29-29 but not playing that well. They're 3-7 in the last ten games. The Hawks just not just not clicking. They're 26-30. and 30. And, you know, you can't blame, you know, Trey Young, he's getting in six points, but the team is not uh, putting victories on the board. And then the other teams are going the way that you would have predicted. That being the Wizards have Lost have only won two games out of their last 10. The Knicks have only won two games out of their last 10. So I'm not going to talk about those guys. And the Pacers, same thing. They won two games out of their last 10. So let's move to the West. Gary, what do you have any, any comments on the East? Well, first, let me
1: just uh, remind all the listeners out there that the 10th seed does get into the play in tournament. So the Wizards are actually still in contention, they're only a half game out of the 10th spot. So that would be very interesting to see who will get that spot. They would, at this point, they would play the Toronto Raptors. But the Toronto Raptors, like you mentioned before, they're, you know, it's all coaching, which is why, you know, we picked up, you know, I picked on Steve Nash earlier. They Mm -hmm. have a bunch of guys in between, you know, besides Van Fleet, they have a bunch of guys in between 6'7 and 6'9. And that's how they play basketball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that works on both sides of the ball with having a former all-star in Pascal Siakam. And the guy they drafted earlier, uh they drafted last last year with Scotty uh Barnes. They have a bunch of guys that are around, you know, that, that type of uh, caliber a uh, level of player, and that's how they're able to do it. But we all know that they're a one and done team in the postseason. But I'll let you go to the Western
0: Conference. I agree. They are one and done. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, we'll just leave it at that guy. we're in total agreement there. The West, I tell you, they're fun. They're fun to watch. It's good to stay up late to be able to see them play, Gary, because, I mean, late for me. But for me, you know, sometimes I take a nap, and then I cut to wake up, and then all of a sudden they're on. So that's great, you know, so I'll be able to see them real fresh and see the whole game. Ugh, I digress. The Suns are 46-10. and 10. They've won nine out of the last ten games that like I mentioned before, five in a row. They're just a fun team to watch. Many have already said it. I'm going to say it as well. One of the best backcourts in in the league. But if you put Levine and DeRosa as guards, I'm not sure if you do. I I would. I think that's the best backcourt in the league. But Booker and Booker and Paul are just, are just right up there. You know, they're they one and two. And don't forget about our our Warriors. They're 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 very strong too, as far as that one two punch. But the Suns. Anton played extremely well against the Greek Freak. I mean, he had a lot to prove. Obviously, they, they didn't do that well in the playoffs last year. I think he's looking forward to that rematch or rematch, at least in the finals. Regardless of who comes out of the East, he played extremely well. He was he was not the the the, the child playing against the, the 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 adult in that game, and the and the Suns just uh, handled the Bucks rather easily. Obviously, it didn't mean that much. It was just a makeup game. They were they were know yeah, just a regular season game. Who had more to prove? The Suns, because they lost in the in the in the in the playoffs in the championship round. But still, it was good to see Anton play so well. And once again, the balanced scoring of the of the Suns is, is impressive. Chris Paul had like twenty assists. I mean, it was just like every but you know you have good shooters. You, you penetrate. You kick the ball. And he is a pure point guard. I mean, he is the definition of a pure point guard. And so he wasn't really looking to score. He probably got about 17 points anyhow, but um, you know, the Suns have the whole picture when, as well as the coach of the year from last year. So they're at the top. and I, I don't see that changing. Maybe they'll dip the two. I don't know, but I, I think that uh, they're, they're going to be one or two when all of a sudden done the Warriors, the other team that could be one or two is 42 and 15. They've won eight out of their last 10 games. Uh, and, and, Thompson is getting stronger and stronger. I think he's averaging about 17 points a game. But keep in mind, he's only playing a limited amount of minutes. So once his minutes increase, he's going to get over 20 points a game. And he's going to be right where he should be when they're getting ready to, to when, when they're starting the playoffs. So I, I see the Warriors being strong. They're getting stronger. I think Wiseman hopefully will come back. And obviously the all-star with Draymond Green. Should be back after their all-star game as well. So the Warriors are going to be there. Grizzlies, that's another fun team. When I talk about the, the Bulls, gear, I, I love to see play. I love their success. The Grizzlies, because of Ja Morat, is just – they're something. They are really something. They're 40-18. and 18. If they were in the East, they would be in first place. I mean, they're that strong. They won eight out of their last 10 games, five in a row. This is a very impressive team. The Jazz, Mavs, and Nuggets – they never thrilled me. I like Mitchell. Don't get me wrong. I let you know I like Gobert, the, the league's number one rebounder. But you know they're they're holding on that that central spot of the the, the middle spot of the of the uh, playoff teams. Um, and then you have the Timberwolves. I'm glad the Timberwolves are, are, are submitting their place at this point. At least they're 29 and 27, six and they won six out of their last ten games. Uh, hopefully, they can get to that sixth spot and avoid the playing tur- uh, tournament or whatever games or, or whatever you call it but it's gonna be tough But i hope they can avoid that that would mean either the nuggets or the mavs would have to fall and i, I think that one of them could um towns you know it's, it's just a great player as well as edwards and then the clippers you know these are teams that are just below 500 you got the clippers and 28 and 30 i don't you know I don't know what to say. And the Lakers, you know, they've won only three out of their last 10 games. I'm sorry. They they lost the other night as well. So and LeBron missing some free throws in the game against the Warriors. Uh, So even though I have to make note of the fact that LeBron did break one of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's records, which would be the total points. When I say total points, Gary, I'm including playoff points as well as regular season. However, that doesn't count because it's going to probably take LeBron into the year 23, 24 before he can beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the regular season scoring uh, uh, title, which is a leadership position, which, you know, obviously is the is the one that the NBA counts more so than playoff games, because uh, obviously some teams don't make it to the playoffs, and that they shouldn't be penalized for that. And so just like in baseball, you don't count. the the, the players' home runs in the World Series and the playoffs. No, you go by the regular season. And NBA does the same thing for scoring. So the Lakers are 26 and 31. You can't say, hey, they don't have something. No, they got everybody. And they're just not playing well. And they're just – we'll see what happens with them. Trailblazers, we talked about them, and we're hoping that the Pelicans can make a move to maybe squeeze in if – Williamson is is capable of playing because I think that would add a little bit of a spice to the uh, to the West as far as that uh, entry level game, so to speak. So that Gary, that wraps up the West. What are any, any comments on uh, what I've stated, or your comments about the West?
1: Uh, uh, yeah. Well, first off, the Pelicans don't need uh, Zion to make it interesting. I think CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram can make it interesting Good alone point. just by getting in into play in tournament. They can Good. make some noise. Um, Good point. I hope so. Uh, I don't think the the Timberwolves will get past the seventh seed. I think. I think Denver's going to get healthier. I think Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray will come back this season. And I think if they do come back this season, obviously they'll be on a um, on a minute restriction, but it will boost the team's morale. So I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Dallas. Um, I think they can fall to the sixth spot, the Dallas Mavericks. But I don't think you know they'll drop to the uh, to the seventh spot. Um, okay, LeBron's record. It. Yeah. Qu-
0: question for you before you do that. Do uh, while well, well, on the uh, maps, do you think they got stronger or weaker with presents leaving? Uh, they got weaker, but I, I think so too. Think, but I don't
1: think I don't think the Timberwolves are going to be able to capitalize because I don't think they know how to how to win like that yet. You mm-hmm. know, they. You know, this is all new for all those guys. Towns. This is the first time Towns has been in playoff contention since Jimmy Butler was on the Timberwolves. So none of these guys have really been, you know, in a significant, uh, you know, a chase like this. Obviously, D'Angelo mm. Russell did it in Brooklyn, but that wasn't really, you know, they knew they were one and done. So, you know, I I would love to see it happen because I like the Minnesota Timberwolves and how you know how they built their teams. I would love to see them uh, stay out of the playing tournament like you would, but I just don't, you know, see that happening. Um, LeBron's record is not a record because no one really cares. Um, you know, look. The bottom line is this: when Kareem was playing in the '70s, '80s, there was less teams, so there was less rounds. So, if you're able to put up more points, um, because you have more rounds, that's that's why LeBron's able to do this. Also, even in the '80s, it was the best out of five in the first round, not the best out of seven. So that means LeBron had an opportunity to play one more game at the bare minimum. So. He actually had more games played than Kareem did, just because of the format of the game, and two because LeBron takes threes and Kareem didn't take threes because half his career there wasn't a three point line. So yeah. it doesn't, you know, that record. Look, the uh, the all time scoring record. You know, when he breaks it, I you know I believe he will break it, it's not going to mean as much to me as it will to everybody else. I know, you know these, you know these other uh, media companies will go, you know, crazy over it, but. LeBron's taking more threes now than he's ever taken his entire career, and he, and he's doing that I think because he's trying to you know catch the record here, but it's not that impressive if you hit all these threes because Kareem didn't take any threes. Yeah, I, agree. So
0: that's, either, I agree.
1: that's either here or there. But uh, the Lakers, you know, they didn't make a trade during the trade deadline because there wasn't any trades to make, and they're going to suffer because they're you know they don't have any trades to make and and. LeBron James should be thanking Daryl Morey every single day for the fact that Russell Westbrook has an untradeable contract.
0: <laughs> that's funny. So, Gary, getting back to Dallas, though, I, you know, they picked up Dinwiddie and a guy by the name of Davis Bertrand. So, um, yeah. Well, really them
1: Bertance actually, when he got the contract, he was a really good player two years ago because he shot over—I believe he shot over forty percent from the three-point line with mm-hmm. the Wizards um, that year. So Bertance, he can help them uh, because he is a three-point shooter. He is six ten, and Spencer mm-hmm. did what he—you ha- know—has had a bad season this year. But I don't think it's gonna help. Ha- it, it's gonna help them tremendously. Um, you know, I don't think they got. I much, think bad. they got I mean, I think, I think they, they just traded trad- Pozingas just to get him off the books.
0: I think so, too. I think so, too. I think he was uh, – I'm sure he's thrilled. I'm sure he's thrilled. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.